Alright. And we're live. Three, two, one. And we're Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, that's my line. Oops. And before we get into that into that, I've got some business to take care of. So I was scoping the down the dark webs, especially after all this happenings that happened on Wednesday. And I just want to see what's going on, the rumblings, because, you know, as pro wrestling fans, not me personally and not Bobby, but people have been getting very tribal lately. And so what's funny is I read this article where Chris Jericho was kind of trolling the marks and he said how, you know, um, AEW buried NXT and blah, blah, blah. And you have some of these people on this forum that are just constant, they're like, I like to call them WWE drones. And they, this one guy, uh, I had a little confrontation with him. I'm going to call him out. I'm going to call you out right now, you fucking Mark. His name is WWE Universe Member 1050. And so Chris, after Chris Jericho's rant, he says this, quote, Whoever said it was a one-night sprint, he's talking to Jericho, by the way, because and he hates him because I don't know why. He Maybe he kicked his dog. I don't know, but he hates Jericho. And he goes, you're a dumb, delusional fan base who have been gloating all day about WWE's, quote, doomed. I hope he loves every minute of this because when the inevitable happens and that joke company shuts down, this lying, two-faced traitor is going to eat his words. And when he crawls back to WWE's door, I hope and I pray that they make this guy a joke on their shows. And I was just like, wow. This other guy goes, dude, it's not that serious. And so what I told him, because I read all these things that this idiot has spouted, and I go, hey, look at his name. I wouldn't bother. And he put to me, he replied to me, and he goes, you don't know how to debate. Go sit on the sidelines with your spineless ass. Thanks. And I just put, dude, when you like both products, there's nothing to um, there's nothing to debate about. So you're the one being the tribalist, and I just made you famous. You're welcome, Mark. Uh This podcast is scheduled for one fall with the 60-minute time limit. Hailing from the black corner and recording to you from the Double Cross Ranch. I'm your boy Xander Hobbs. This is... Bobby, I will not take a nut shot, not even for AEW. B. And this is View from, from the, the Top, top rope. rope. Man. We got a lot to cover. We got a lot to cover. Lot. We took a week off. It's been crazy. And what you miss in two weeks of wrestling in today's, in the 2019s, is insane. Um, we're changing our format a little bit to try to make it a little bit more, uh, less of a recap show. Because you guys are all already checking out the product. You're probably reading CBS or Bleacher Report or all these other guys. So we don't necessarily need to talk about every single match. And if you're not caught up, this will get, get, you. Caught up get caught up before and then come to us and we'll we'll give you the nuances and our opinions on it. But um, So we're going to go straight into it. Uh, full disclosure, uh, I was just checking out on the um, replay, the AEW on TNT, but that's what we're leading off with. AEW Dynamite. And, and it sure was. It, it was sure Dynamite. was. I mean, what I was, I was impressed with the whole thing, obviously, but the one thing I was impressed with was how, like, 
the production of it was just very like big league mm -hmm. and everybody was saying oh these guys are like a glorified indie promotion that's not what I got at all they did the exact right thing with how to pump these characters up these wrestlers up putting people over it was just it got the ball moving in a tremendous way and I just just I was very impressed with it yeah yeah we talked about it like they've got they had good like drone style camera angles they the cameras were on point um, they had the huge benefit of having a super hot crowd yeah. everybody who was there wanted to be there and right. made a super effort to get the tickets so everything was reacted to appropriately I guess it's just it's refreshing too to see like an actually hot crowd because I hadn't seen a crowd like this you know I mean I, I don't like to compare at eras but like the last time a crowd was like hot like this was probably the attitude era because a lot of us are used to be being spoon-fed this mundane milk toast product that the WWE gives you with no heat and this show was the exact opposite and I can only hope that they keep this momentum going because they just they, they, they came out with a bang yeah and one thing that I think really struck me was the quality of the heel work mm. I mean top top notch uh Wrestling is built, as, as Xander always says, like there's three things you need to know. Who's fighting, why they're fighting, why do we care? And the way you can build that narrative is having really good heels. Right. And they can go over and they can win and they can be dominant, but it is, it is always going to be the good guy versus the bad guy. And AEW's got some really awesome bad guys. Yeah. My favorite, Maxwell Jacob Freed. And, on, and to like uh, piggyback on top of that, I was really... As soon as that show ended, I was like, shit, what's going to happen next week? And that's the most important part. It's like, give the viewers something to tune in for next week. And which is like what this is. It's, it's the most important thing because even like when wrestling was in its prime, it was must watch. And it was just like, yeah, the show was good. But it's like, I can't wait until next Monday. And like, you know, this is like 10 minutes after Raw would air. So they're, they're really doing well. They're taking aspects of what they know and what they've went through in other companies and stuff and making it different, making it better, just like just like having it be must-see. And they're bringing a different style of in-ring product. Right. Which you're either going to like or you're not going to like. Exactly. And if that's fine, uh, that's something that you can say, like, I don't like the style of wrestling. But generally speaking, people are hating on AEW. It's more because of the flag they're flying or the brand they have, not what they're doing, which is hugely disappointing because if you're doing that you're probably not watching New Japan or no. Impact or Ring of Honor or uh, Major League Wrestling or go on and on and on and so you're missing then you're not really a fan you're just no you're just a, you're just a WWE drone and, and that's fine you can be like that but I'm just saying it's just like even with the um, uh, AEW style there's different styles of it. it's all it's not just all high spot flippy 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 you know you have guys like Pac who can do everything you have Cody Rhodes who wrestles an old school style but that can adapt to some of this new school stuff and then obviously you have all the other guys like the Bucks Sammy Guevara and everything it's like they're working on a nice variety of wrestling yeah yeah and one of the things I really appreciated most um, is just the legitimacy they're giving to how good tag team wrestling can yeah. be. When you're really committed to having a strong tag team division, not just cobbling two superstars you're trying to give a pseudo storyline to, yeah. uh, but actually tag teams who work well together, who know how to work in a four-man match or six-man match even. Yeah. Uh, and it's really refreshing because they've got so much talent on 
the tag team. Well, it's a different part of the show. It's not just a back burner thing like what recent tag team wrestling has been. Oh, you know, we got to put this guy over, so we got to make this story, so we're going to have this tag team. It's an actual part of the show. It's a different section of it. The tag teams are working together. There's um, there's double team moves. Like it, 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 it's fluid, and that's why. I think that's another part because tag team wrestling has always been one of my favorite aspects in pro wrestling. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. And I think that, um, you know, all in all, uh, it was a great first night. They, uh, I think if you want to run down, I think everybody who should have won, won. Yeah. I think they had some nice little nuances. I liked Jericho attacking Rhodes at the beginning. Yes, I that's Because that's his, like... That's his MO now, yeah. right? That's his he's MO. He's like he's this uh, paranoid, delusional heel, mm-hmm. and he's um, he knows uh, Cody Rhodes is the next one in line for a title shot. He want to he wants to make sure he doesn't get there in one piece, and he's bringing heat to the match, which is great because now. You know, obviously Jericho is going to, we're Jericho fans. He's going to be cheered. But during this aspect, I was like, you know, I'm rooting for Cody Rhodes. You know what I mean? But like, that's just, that's one of these nuances in wrestling that's kind of been lost. It's just like, you want to, people appreciate these performers, but at the same time, you want to get that, um, you want to get in, stuck into that storyline where you want to root for who you're supposed to root for. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's refreshing too, is that like, uh, you don't always have to have anti-heroes. No. Like, I think in general, wrestling recently has really got caught up in this concept of the anti-hero. And we'll talk about it a little bit later. Like, there's lots of times it works, and I'm all in. Like, uh-huh. don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's like, I was, you know, you're rooting against the Iron Sheik. You're rooting against Iraqi sympathizer Sergeant Slaughter because, like, you need a hero and an antagonist villain heel. It brings the emotion into it because when you have cut and dry characters and it gives you something to root for, it gives that that why do we care aspect of it because you want to see the the good guy overcome the bad guy and you know and stuff like that you know what I mean when you're when you're chanting both these guys that's cool or whatever but then it's like it takes the emotion out of it and I think that's an important part for this uh, product yeah and um, kind of run him down real quick we don't like to be a recap show the biggest kind of my favorite matches um, I like the Rose Guevara I liked how he, Guevara being a prickish heel went to shake his hand gave the opportunity for um, Jericho to lay the beat down. Um, I really liked how SoCal Uncensored and Lucha Brothers brawled because they know the stakes of the tournament right, and they're right. already hot and it's bringing more heat to that what's going to be an insane tournament. Yep. Um, I like the pack over the hangman. Oh, though was- I, I like hangman and I don't like him. Like They're going to have to figure out a way to get him some wins. Yeah, and the thing is, with and it, I like the match because it showed how dangerous Pac is and um, how he's just like lurking around and he's going to be sniffing that title mm-hmm. pretty soon so very good writing on that yeah and then um, I know this was one of the ones you were concerned about because it could have been booked either way but Rio versus, versus Rose Rose the right person won and um, now we have Brick uh, Britt Baker, you know, in the in the works for trying to get that title off Riho. I thought it was a very good match. It got people really behind Riho, and Rose got her heat back at the end of the match. That shows her that she's a monster heel. The right person went over. Like I said before, I don't give a damn about this whole other Nyla Rose thing. I just know that 
The fact that I didn't like her in the match is because she's too goddamn green. And she's sloppy and she's kind of fucking dangerous in the ring. But the right person went over. Riho sold well. And I thought that was great with Kenny Omega coming to her rescue at the end too. Yeah. And then obviously um, since last time we talked, one of the big things was it was a Jericho and the unknown. Obviously it turned about, it wasn't, I thought it was going to be LAX, but it actually turned out to be Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, that's what so. they were in. That's Those are their names when they were in Impact. But like, <laughs> right. yeah, that, that was a great one. Um, it was kind of like very. It was kind of like a schmoz because we had um, <laughs> we had. A <laughs> I was just thinking about something. We had Mox interfere, and I thought the match was going to get thrown out, but they kept going. They swallowed the hammer. Yeah, and the thing, and that, and they took a disgusting double arm DDT on that mm. glass table, which was pretty fucking cool. And then best spot of the night for sure. Yeah, the Bucks were great, and then at the end of the match, you had Jericho just too much. The numbers game, they win. And then the brawl breaks out. Cody Rhodes comes out. Dustin Rhodes comes out. And then who do we have? Simple Jack Swagger, who's known as Jack Hagar now. Jake. Jake Hagar. Hagar my bad. He's also a Bellator fighter. He's also a very decorated collegiate wrestler. He's, he's a very talented the guy. The only problem with him is he tended to concuss people yeah. in his last and he, stint as a wrestler. And he's as bland as fucking oatmeal. So it's like this is a perfect place for him to be with Jericho and this new stable. We have Jericho, Santana Ortiz, Sammy Guevara, and now Jake Hagar, which are look like they're going to be running rough shot over the fucking roster pretty soon. So I thought that was very cool, very well done. Yeah, it was a good end to it, and it like the big melee and just everything about it, and it was a nice chaotic finish. It gave us a good like uh, a nice NWO ish feel. Right, 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 and and the um, I think the takeaway is it's polished enough. Uh huh. They have. They had a great first night, and some of my favorite talent wasn't even on it. There's no Darby Allen. Nope, there was no Jimmy. I guess Darby Allen worked a dark match before. Yeah, and and I have an issue with the dark matches, I guess, because now with the interweb, um, that's part of the thing is like they they talk about all these dark matches, but it's like the dark matches are for the fans who are there. They're not really in the story. Exactly. It's more like if you're gonna buy a ticket and you're gonna invest your time, they're gonna give you what you want to see. Like, we're going to talk a little bit about it later on when we talk about some other promotions. But, you know, the dark matches, like, I, it's kind of like a spoiler. I don't want to hear yeah. what... Like, I, I, don't hear, I don't want to hear what I missed. And the thing is, though, on, to, uh, on top of that, though, it's just like, yeah, they didn't blow their wad like, on this whole first episode. Because, yeah, I, wanted, I love Luchasaurus. Yeah, I love Darby Allen. You know, I love SoCal Uncensored. But, you know, those guys are going to come. Those and imagine the pop they're going to get when they do. Right. That's like... The, the, thing, the roof's right? gonna come off. So. And that's what it's interesting. Uh, sorry to step over you a little bit, but you got me hot and excited. Um, so much of how we judge a, prom- uh, a show or a promotion is the reaction of the live crowd. And that's why, yeah. this, like, we talked about how live this crowd was. Well, guess what? That first time Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy come out, it's gonna pop hard. And that's, right. you're gonna be more involved. Eventually, that's gonna wane yeah. because that's just the way it's gonna be. That's just how it goes. But how AEW has just been slowly sprinkling the salt. You know, it's making the yeah. stew really delicious. They're, they're planting seeds, which is what you have to do because it's yeah. just like it, with, if it, it's something. That's, I mean, we never know. Next week could be a dud, which I doubt. But I'm just saying, it's just like they're doing it properly. They're giving people who want to watch this week. You want to watch. You want to be wanting to watch like six months down the line. So they're doing it right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And definitely their first with their first show, they had huge ratings. Yeah, uh, I was like 1.1 or something like that. 
Uh, and one of the big things was though they kind of ate NXT's lunch. Like right. first week going head to head. Granted, NXT had equal numbers their first week, so yeah. like take everything with that grain of salt that we're yeah. sprinkling. But uh, for you know, I'm sure uh, Vince McMahon is like, I don't get it. I don't get a guy. Yeah. But the thing Triple is, H is telling him patience, patience. Yeah, like, just, let it all play out. And the thing is, like, to be honest with you, I was telling Bobby earlier, I thought NXT had the better show. But the thing is, it's just like NXT is to a niche, niche audience. You know what I mean? It's got that indie feel to it. But with AEW, it's their first show. There's a lot of hype. They're promoting it right. You know what I mean? I don't see that much promotion on NXT. But it's just we'll see. That's a long way to go. But it was a good first showing. Yeah, but like you said, NXT, possibly the better show. I think we should jump into NXT right, right now. On, so right on. NXT on USA, uh, obviously first week of going head-to-head, but uh, there were some surprises. There was, uh, they have established storylines, They and so we're going to jump into it right now. Uh, Xander, you're going to take the lead on this one, I believe. Sweet. Yeah, we opened up with the uh, NXT Charlotte match with uh, Matt Riddle against Adam Cole, baby. And that match was the match of the night on both shows. I mean, there was like, Riddle, he's the real deal. I mean, the, some of the high points of the match, he had a trifecta of gut wrench suplexes. Um, there was a good exchange of striking. I mean, this Panama Sunrise that um, Cole hit him with was pretty fucking awesome, even though I don't think he should be kicking out of any kind of Canadian destroyer. There was a lots of, there were a lot of near falls. Um, Riddle hit, um... Riddle hit Cole with a BTS, a bro to sleep, and then a twisting moonsault and a knee. I thought the match was done right there, but it wasn't. Cole retains through some shenanigans, hits him with the cast, and then the last call, the last shot, and I think that was great. Where does Riddle go from here? I think they should just keep pushing him because he looks strong in the defeat. So. Yeah, uh, one of my issues with Riddle, and, and it's it's my issues with a lot of the MMA people who come, is um, they struggle to learn how to sell strikes. Yeah. Because, like, one thing Ken Shamrock did really well was sell realistic-looking strikes, you know, because the reality is, like, Matt Riddle should not be full-on hitting people because, you know, he has... Probably more of real fight training and stuff. What I love about MMA fight uh, MMA fighters who come to wrestling, a la Ronda Rousey, is the way they can throw arm bars or yeah. Alberto Del Rio. They're, they're smooth. They're very smooth. They adapt to it like they adapt to it quickly. Well, they're natural athletes and stuff, and I really like Riddle. So, like I said, I think. Um, I think the future is bright for him. Yeah, I think not where he is on the promotion and being... I think if the promotion wasn't moving to television, he'd probably get a stronger push and a stronger run. Yeah. But um, what what else happened on this episode is probably more of a function of trying to uh, placate uh, and build up the, the TV ratings. You right. Know? So, so we got Io Shirai getting the win off Mia Yim in a pretty good match. I thought it was good. Uh, Johnny Gargano defeats Shane Thorne. Uh, Io Shirai and Mia Yim wrestled at TakeOver? Well, they re- they wrestled at... No, no they, okay. they wrestled I'm, Candace. She re- Io wrestled Candace. Candace and then right. That's right. they had that four-way match, and then Mia Yim tried to take the win from Io because she had the match won, so which led to this match. And then we had... This is the one where I'm pretty hot about. The NXT women's uh, Charlotte Flair, Shayna Baszler, defeats Candice LeRae, and it's just like, what are we doing here? Like... I mean, she's had the title for a year, and they were just talking about how dominant she's been and stuff like that. And I think they really missed an opportunity with Candice LeRae, you know, with being that 
uh, underneath baby face that everybody likes, and she they they, she they just missed the boat. Go and she Kansas Ray can clearly wrestle. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I've, I've been watching her since the Indies, and it's yeah. like, and that's right because that was like the EO Strike Kansas Ray match at Takeover was one of the top matches. Oh, of how course. Good that and was. it's just like Baszler doesn't need the title, and it's just like how do you develop how do you develop this division if she's going to constantly just run through people for over a year now? So figure it out because I'm not really happy about that. Come on, Triple. And then the um, NXT champions, uh, obviously the Undisputed Era defeated the Street Profits, which led to our boy Tommaso Ciampa coming out for a stare down. So happy to see that guy back, the Blackheart. Um, I was very, very disappointed when he had that neck injury because that mat, that feud with him and Johnny Gargano was heating up. But this is another much of good things to come. And then also, speaking of returns, we had the return of Finn Balor, who came out after the Riddle uh, Cole match. Yeah, and and we talked about it a little bit earlier. I'm on the fence about it. Like, it makes me sad that a wrestler as good as Finn Balor seems to have been given up on by the main roster. Right. right. But I want to see Finn Balor wrestle like the beast that he is, or I'm sorry, the demon that he is. Yep. And he's going to be able to do that in NXT. And obviously, um, one of the things I took away from this whole night um was that Adam Cole is the heel Seth Rollins wishes he could be. Absolutely, 100% agree. He is just as good in the ring. And I love Seth Rollins in the ring. Yeah, Seth Rollins in the ring Seth is Seth Rollins good. in the ring is as good as there is. He's real good. Uh, and Adam Cole, Bebe, is just as good. But Adam Cole is so charismatic that when he turns heelish and uses his cast, you're and like, ah, oh, it's just he's so, so good. I like so. how he, what he does because the initial pop when he comes out, and the crowd does the boom and the Adam Cole baby, and he turns the crowd, turns on the crowd right away because those cheers instantly turn into boos. Exactly. And, you know, I do like Adam Cole, but when he did that to Riddle, I was like, ah, oh, god damn it, of course. But he's doing it right. He knows how to be a heel, and he's one of the high points of NXT among all the high ones, you know? Yeah, and exactly. Like, um, they have a really good product. AEW has a really good product. Wednesday is the hottest it's night. It's the of hottest wrestling. night of wrestling. Hottest night of wrestling. Thought. Yeah, and yeah. I th- and I think it's for us fans, it's great because you know what? Back in the day, obviously the wrestling was good back in the day, but like it wasn't so. We didn't have it like the information at our fingertips like we do now. I used to have to, I used to have to send twenty dollars cash to someone to get a hopefully get a tape <laughs> in a month of something I wanted to see. But now Whoa. you just go on the interwebs. What the fuck is a tape? Oh, you know there are these things that we use during our era that you put in you had to rewind and sometimes you had to adjust something called tracking because yeah so and oh, that's the thing you had to rewind before you dropped off of that before thing you have to kind rewind or else they would charge you oh, efforts you motherfuckers don't know anything about that right but um the other thing is we've got a bunch of stuff uh i guess um they're changing the cruiserweights and we're gonna have we have a cruiserweight match next week with uh What's his face? Drew Gulak going up against shit. Who's he going up against? Oh, I fucking forgot. I know. God damn it. It's um, yeah. Anyways, Anyways. that's what happened. It, there's so much information. So, yeah. But check it out. Yeah, they've got things, and then Kushida is going up he's, against. He's going to be going um, up against Walter. He's he's going up against Imperium, right. which is cool because. So real quick, though, real quick. Um, for people who don't know, because a lot of people aren't watching NXT yeah. UK, Imperium is a stable. They're a stable of just like classic wrestlers. You know what I mean? They have they have a couple bruisers and they have a high flyer. They're like 
I, I, I don't, you know, the, for lack of a better term, they're like the Nazis of wrestling. Whoa, you know? whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we're going to get heat for that. Oh, we're going to get but, heat, yeah. But, uh, and they all come out of the UK style. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, the UK style tends to be, like, very technical. Yeah. Like, we talked about it when you broke down Catch Can Wrestling. Right. Like, they will do that. Uh, it's hard hitting. Really strong yeah, style. Yeah, they, 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 re- they wrestle snug. And uh, it's cool because it's like they're kind of taking a, they, they don't like all the pomp and circumstance with pro wrestling which I think is pretty fu- was pretty funny mm-hmm. that's why I call them like the Nazis of wrestling they all stand there but like nine, 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 yeah. nine. so it's pretty cool and Kushida is the he's like the opposite of what they are he wrestles a submission based high flying style but also he can wrestle that catch can wrestling Kushida is the real deal yeah Kushida is really good and um, I know there's some worry because he made an appearance on Live 205 and was like yeah. oh no Career's over. It's like now they nah, just want to get him. They just want to get him in front of eyes. Yeah, that's all. Exactly. And now with NXT on USA, we're gonna see a lot of Kushida, and um, it's gonna be rad. Right. Um, and NXT obviously is the best product from the behemoth. But uh, with Hell in the Cell on the horizon, we're gonna break down a little bit of uh, Raw and SmackDown. Um, it's interesting. We're recording this from um, that undisclosed location. No, that's the Double Cross Ranch. The Double cross ranch i'm sorry and um we haven't watched smackdown because because it it's not on yet yes yeah, it starts in two hours so smackdown we we don't know what all the matches are going to be on hell in the south right which we talked about i think makes smackdown the most compelling show now like smackdown's go home show it's like gonna be sets on. half the half the program yeah. for every it's every gonna, four weeks it's the most important it's gonna be program. on fire so we're going to break down real quick some of the raw stuff uh, that is important, and then we're going to move into some of the storylines from SmackDown, and then move on from there. So, right. um, so obviously we had Brock Lesnar putting a beat down on Rey Mysterio and Dominic. That was goddamn merciless. Maybe you should have retired, Ray. You know, and I thought that was cool because that got him heat. And um, and uh, welcome to pro wrestling, Dominic, because those bumps he took were just crazy. I mean, it was hey, cool. Young guys can take bumps. Like yeah, that, exactly. And then we had. Um, we had Sasha Banks defeating Alexa Bliss. Blah blah blah. Why are they, like they're still doing? I guess they have to get so they have to keep Banks in front of eyes. Yeah, right? absolutely. That, so, that, that was the and that's why it's early in the show, right? Yeah, and then we had this Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair thing. <laughs> Stop. But, uh, that's Stop. I don't think we need to do that. No. Um, Cesaro ate another loss. The OC ate another loss. You, um, AJ Styles retained his United States Charlotte Flair as he should have, and I think that feud needs to be done. And then um, we had this thing, this this Bobby Lashley Lana thing, which is like I don't know what the fuck this is. I don't know. It seems like every now and then they take like the worst creative writer and be like, "Hey, it's your night. What do you want to do?" He's like, "So I got this idea. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna get Bobby Lashley out here and we're gonna get Lana out here and they're gonna kiss." It's like, what's the point? And, and then Vince goes, "You know what we're gonna do?" We're going to bury Rusev. Yep, because he's not re-signing, so we're, we're burying him. And he's not vascular enough. And look, at this is what I would have done. So going back to the beatdown with Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio, if you wanted to do something with Bobby Lashley after that merciless beatdown and he keeps going, have Bobby Lashley come in and try to make the save and then have this like standoff, have Lesnar take a powder, have a standoff. That would have put Bobby Lashley over immensely. I'm sorry. Brock Lesnar does not take powders? I know he doesn't. So moving but, on, though. Yeah. Um, overall, Raw, which it often is, is a little bit deflating, especially on a go-home show. 
I don't, I don't, we had a fiend attack Seth Rollins, but it's like, I don't, the only reason I watch Raw is for Bray Wyatt and AJ Styles. Yeah. And the thing is, I have, the thing, they didn't get me to want to watch next week. The only reason why I'm going to watch next week is because that's what I do, and I want to see the fallout of Hell in a Cell. But right. other than that, if this was not a go-home show, I wouldn't give a damn. There was nothing compelling about any of it, nothing, to be honest. Nothing. Like, and this is the thing that I hate, is like, so... There's all this dark match that happens, generally speaking, after these Rollins-Fiend interfaces. Right. And they're all over the internet now. And they're not for the story, although they kind of advance it because yeah. the Fiend eats stomps like um, yeah, I eat cheeseburgers. And he keeps coming back. So Right. But at the same time, it's like... Just keep the curtain. Yeah. Like, I don't I need all this. And I, I get know. it. It's like, well, we all have phones and we're all doing it, but I don't like it. I don't like that's, it. That's totally fair. So Raw really didn't do anything, although so far the three confirmed matches for Hell in a Cell are uh, two championship matches and probably the and then the, the tag team match. Yeah. Um, Which I think we're going to see Daniel Bryan... Going back to being a heel as he's the mastermind of this whole Roman Reigns thing. That's what I think should happen, and I, hopefully that does happen because I think Brian has more legs on this heel run. There's more gas left in the tank, and I think they should just run with it. And I think it would just get major nuclear heat that's already attached to this feud. Yeah, but I don't know if it's going to happen at Hell in Cell. All right. I think that uh, uh, Reigns, Brian versus the Death Metal um, Order can definitely have more run after this. Yeah, I don't think I it should be the I end. I don't want to see Death Order, Death Metal Order, not like I, don't shit on them now. They should pick up the win, honestly. I definitely they think they should win. through shenanigans. Yeah, hopefully. of course. Yeah, of course. Um, but I think that like Brian and Reigns should at least get a few like. I mean, go into the new year with it. Yeah, why not? Why not? What yeah. else is Roman Reigns going to do other than Super Roger Spear? Everybody. That's true. And That's true. Um, I think they're the longer they have success or battle if Brian turns heel makes it that more dynamic yeah, and I would love to see true. a Roman Reigns Daniel Bryan it, it, it's going good. to WrestleMania yeah, it's right? good. it'll be good it will, it'll be good if anybody can make Roman Reigns look good, it's Daniel it's Bryan. It's DB. Although I, I think Roman Reigns has made lots of improvements, and if they if they stop micromanaging him so much... Yeah, I like him better he, than Seth Rollins at this point. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about him a little bit later. but um, And then, yeah, with, um, you know, tonight's SmackDown, they're going to set a bunch of stuff. We've got Co- Kofi Kingston battling for the title against... Um, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, which means if nothing else, we get good Paul Heyman action, oh, which course, I like. Of course. Um, we have who we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, the four horsewomen are going to have another um, tag so, team match, yeah. which is good. That'll be cool because that'll just bring uh, that will just bring more heat to all four of them. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. I, it's one of the more interesting things that are going on in uh, the WWE is the four horsewomen civil war. Yeah, which is what yeah. I like. Which is crazy because we talked about how like they don't really know how to book women. They don't. They always fall into these like. It's a testament to the talent of these four women, uh-huh, I think, uh-huh. and that it's so compelling because we see how they're blowing it with NXT, right? Because they've got Io Shirai and they, they got Candice, they got Ray, Ray, but everyone's Ray, eating pins to, to Baszler, fucking Baszler. Which is terrible. It, the only thing that's worse than that is the fact that 
The only thing I care about is I want to see what vintage Jordans Shane McMahon is going to wear true. for this ladder match. But the fact that Kevin Owens is still being drugged down by this whole storyline disgusts yeah, me. Yeah, he needs to be doing something better, you know no, what I mean? No, he's the guy, like, put him on NXT then. Damn, I mean, like... I hopefully, if, if uh, Lesnar beats Kingston for the Charlotte Flair, maybe that'll have... Kevin Owens set up for a feud. I don't know. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to see Kevin Owens against Brock Lesnar. That'd be a great feud. And then we have The Rock coming back. Mr. Best Movie Star on the fucking planet, The yeah. Rock, coming back to his show, which is always going to be cool. The show's going to be red hot. It's so. going to be super hot. And and because it's going to set so much stuff up for Hell in the Cell, right, it's going to be super right. interesting. My predictions are uh, Kingston retains. I don't agree with that. You think? You I think, think Lesnar's going to take it. On the night before Hell in a Cell? Well, Kingston doesn't have a match at Hell in a Cell. Well, that's true. Sorry, Kofi. Yeah, it's been, I, a, nice it's run. been a nice it's run. It's been a nice it's run. Been a, and I don't like seeing Brock with the title. Uh, if he has the title to, set, to be a transitional champion, not to have the stranglehold on it for the next year and a half, if he's going to put somebody over, then take the title off Kofi. Kofi, because I know Fox wants it to be more reality-based, so I don't see how Lesnar could not win this. Yeah, because he's the monster, right. you know. Yeah. He doesn't get his P test, but whatever. Yeah. I think that with the four horsewomen, I feel the heels stand tall going. They have to. They have to. You know. Does Bailey uh, have a title match? Uh, in Hell in a Cell? Yeah. No, they haven't announced it yet. Oh, that's Because that's the thing. Because we only have the three. According to Wikipedia, some people may know more. We just go off Wikipedia because right, we want to have the same information as everyone yeah. else. But it's like, um, right now, the only confirmed matches are... Uh, the, the Fiend, the fiend with the, the Fiend going over against Seth Rollins. The, and the Planet Superman Punch versus the Death Metal Order. Right, right. And then Lynch. Becky Lynch against Sasha Banks. Right. And uh, Becky Lynch and The Fiend are Hell in Cell matches. Yes, both of them are. So which is going to be That's, That'll be cool. Hopefully they don't paint the cell red again. I don't like that. No, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't like, like these red. fucking colors. No, metal. Black metal, yeah. preferably. Um, so, yeah, and then obviously the Kevin Owens thing is terrible, but it's going to be a part of it. And then, um, yeah, Sunday Hell in a Cell, it's going to be awesome. Um, kind of a cool thing. I uh, just want to, I believe Tuesday was the first night that Impact was on Axis. I think so, yeah, yeah, I think so. So, um, that's super exciting. We're big Impact fans. They yeah. have the best female wrestler on the planet. Yep. Um, Tessa Blanchard, also. I haven't gotten caught up on the on what's happening in Impact. I know Brian Cage and whatever that chick is got married, and you know pro wrestling marriages always end <laughs> up in a clusterfuck. And uh, um, Sammy Callahan ended up bottling uh, Melissa um, Santos. That's her name. Yeah, yeah, he hit her with the bottles. <laughs> wow. Sammy so, Callahan is—he's awesome. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Yeah, he is definitely. If he if he had a different body type, I imagine he would be oh, yeah. on a different. He's promotion, in the perfect company for him yeah, because they pretty much cool. let him do what his character is, and it's cool. It works. Yeah, and then um, just some cool New Japan for wrestling stuff. Um, obviously, uh, I'm a huge Will Ospreay mark. Obviously, I've done um, walkout music, uh, lots and lots of things. Uh, they had a really good thing. NJPW. 1972.com. They had a Q&A with him last Friday um, covering a lot of different stuff. He puts a lot of people over. It's really positive. It's just Will like, Ospreay's a good dude. So he's super like, cool. Yeah. He's super awesome. Um, 
Obviously, one of the tweets of my week was when he did the one-armed power bomb, yes. power yeah. slam, which was great. He had um, another cool uh, tweet that I just saw. Sorry to cut you off. Um, he put he puts uh, I hate in uh, Los Ingobernables del Japón, but uh, Naito came out and this kid was th- threw up his fist and Naito gave him did his look and gave him a fist and I thought that was really cool. So you know. Um, Back, just back to that, Will Ospreay, he's really coming into his own as a wrestler. The guy can really do everything, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing him like actually wrestling for the IWGP title down the line as his per, his push get, goes forward. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things he said. He's like, he'd love to do it as a junior heavyweight because it's yeah, kind of never been done. Exactly. And he gives a lot of props to the people who came before him, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is cool, but one of the things is they were just in L.A., and obviously you would think Xander Bobby would be there, but we looked like... It was kind of low on talent. Half the guys that we want, all pretty much all, all the guys. I wanted to see. I wanted to see. I want to uh, see Osprey. Osprey. I wanted to see Liger. I wanted yeah. to, see, you know. So you know, it but happens. they were up in San Jose, and obviously, maybe they have things to do and whatnot. And right. then they finished off their U.S. tour with East Coast states, and and a lot of people were kind of pooping on 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 the lineups or whatnot. But I mean, understand there. It's hard, like. They're doing their best. They're making inroads. But what I'm really looking forward to is October 14th, uh, King of Pro Wrestling. And who do we have showing up again? We have the Mox, Mox. defending his title against Juice Robinson. Which is going to be rad. I think Mox drops it. I think he does. He has to because like with uh, him and AEW. Yeah, he can't, wrestle, he can't wrestle with New Japan in America. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. they got to give it to Juice. But it's going to be a great It'll match. It'll be a great match. Yeah. Um, Thunder Liger continues his uh, retirement tour which is cool because he's going against Suzuki. Suzuki which is gonna be freaking awesome yeah it's gonna be awesome they're both old AF uh-huh. and like, they're both bad legit badasses legit so, badasses yeah. and they actually have like an MMA bout yeah oh two uh-huh. like understand that we're in 2019 that was 17 years ago yeah like that's crazy. and this guy's still wrestle circles a lot around lots of wrestlers today so it's just that those three matches right there are going to be off the hook yeah so we're super and then Osprey's going to go against Phantasmo yeah, which be is good not going to disappoint no that, that's going to be great I'll be tuning into that yeah so we're super excited October 14th um, New Japan Pro Wrestling again it's it's really good stuff they're really stru- uh, struggling a little bit uh, to get inroads in America so if you've got the time and, and you really like pro wrestling just you're not a out. WWE mark yeah you should check it out, especially like I said, Will Ospreay's awesome, Fantasmo's awesome, um, Juice Robinson versus Moxley is going to be great. So you know, there's opportunities, there's opportunities. But um, I'm going to take this opportunity to take a quick break. Yep. I don't know about you, Xander, and then I think I gotta you know get some refreshments, wash my face, come back out because we got some cool shit. Cool shit, awesome. See ya, jobbers. Back to you again with your favorite segment in mind. We like to call it Cool Cool Shit. shit. Um, Obviously, the new hottest uh, segment of all of the Cool Shit segments is what is the death metal order wearing this week? 
Obviously, this week, I don't know because they haven't come on they yet. They haven't come on yet. Um, but last week, we had a Kill Switch Engage shirt with Rowan and then a Hate Breed shirt with Harper, which uh, Hate Breed, I don't really care, give a damn about, but Kill Switch, we had some good times watching them live. What does it make me want to do? Front flips. Yes. Bobby B at the Warfield, San Francisco. He may or may not have, he did, do front flips into people in front of him. I thought it was um, tremendous. It was tremendous. And <laughs> what were they going to do? No, nothing. I mean, they don't want they don't want to take a, an RKO. Or, Hell no. You know, or, or a, a super slam, kick, you know. Or a super punch and a spear. That, that nobody gets up from that. <laughs> nobody gets up from that. <laughs> but Kill Switch Engage is awesome. I'm partial to the Howard years. I like the Howard um, years They've better. got some co- couple different iterations. I highly recommend checking them out. Um, hey, Breed. And check them out, too, if you're like a bro-ish jock guy. You know? it's Dude, like, when you're doing bicep curls, it will get you fired Yeah, they're up. pretty heavy. I'll give them that. And Jamie Jost is a cool guy. So I don't, I just, their music is very repetitive and it's not for me, but it's heavy and it's metal. I'll give them that. And Jamie Jost is a cool dude. I met him a couple times. So props to Hate Breed. Just yeah, don't like yeah, the Yeah, not hating on Hate Breed, but no. also um, Howard probably had some of the best range and uh, I will never hate on their cover of Holy Diver. Oh, that thing's the best. Because no one else probably except for Howard could touch yeah, it. Yeah, because it's Dio, dude. Yeah, because of his range. But So check that out. Death Metal Order. order. Um, you know, maybe order some of their shirts, give them some love, or maybe try to get an Eric Rowan shirt. I know Luke Harper has never had one no. because that was on the Twitter sphere. That's right. That's so, right. And that leads us into the tweets of the week. Oh, so I, I can't I did wait like, for this one. I did like Eric Rowan um, blasting on the fact that, like, there's a reason why he's a disgruntled employee. Like yeah. he said, like, so everybody in NXT gets a shirt and I've never had one. Right. And they're like, oh, no, you had a Wyatt family shirt. He's like, yeah, that a Wyatt family shirt. Count. My name is Luke Harper. Like, get it right. So, um, but definitely uh, last week, my favorite, fa- like, this is why Twitter is equally awesome and terrible. Yep. Um, Seth Rollins uh, ran his thumbs <laughs> and he tried to say that, like, the boss gives um, unfulfilling matches or disappointing yeah, matches. It's just, what? Yeah. <laughs> The boss got the memo, and, and and she wrote back a hot email slash tweet, and she basically posted a picture of Seth Rollins wiping a tear from his eye yep. while watching one of her matches. Uh-huh. And so Seth Rollins, obviously, like, he's never wanted to back away from a fight, so his response was to delete his Twitter account. And which I think was, like, the best thing that he could do, yeah. because he needs to stay the fuck off it. The guy's got thinner skin than our president, so it's just, it's like, shut up. Like, you're, you're a baby face, you're supposed to be the top guy, and you come off as a whiny bitch. Yes. So just stop, Especially dude. on Twitter. Yeah. So you can stay on Instagram, post your lovey-dovey shots yeah, with, cool. with, with your with, fiance. With the man, you know. We get it, we get it. So but just like, stop with this, you, dude. And that's why I said, that's why, you know, Adam Cole is the heel that Seth Rollins wishes he could be. Because you cannot be a good heel if you want to delete your Twitter just because you got your ass you got, yeah by your boss. <laughs> Serious. So. Yeah, and guess what? Your fiance is going to get her ass handed to her. Right, by the boss. By the boss. So that's definitely one of them which I liked. Um, so that was great. Also... Again, circling back to the New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, if you follow that or look up the hashtag uh, Liger Sessions, they're doing all these cool interviews with Thunder Liger. Understand that this guy is uh, a pinnacle in wrestling. And if you like people like Kenny Omega and um, AJ Styles, uh, they all have wrestled and look up to this guy. This is how good he is. Like, 
Luckily, he is not coming out and trying to pump a bullshit promotion in Saudi Arabia like other luminaries of wrestling. Right. He's actually doing a cool thing, and so the Liger sessions are really cool. So I highly recommend checking Check them those out, out for sure. So uh, obviously, the internet wrestling community lives on Twitter, and we're we're on Twitter as well. You can always follow us at uh, VFTTR Podcast at twitter.com or on the Twitter sphere. Yep, we're on there. Drop us a line. We'll drop you one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, don't fuck around with Xander and talking nonsense because he will bury you in a cold open. Oh, pretty much. It has happened. Who wants to be famous? Step on up. Exactly, exactly. Um, But the walkout music. So we got to episode 10. We've got a sick uh, playlist we're building. It's tough, though, to to get it all done. Organization, just the whole thing. You know how it is. You know, we want to produce high-quality stuff, so it takes some time. Um, But for the next 10 episodes, what we're going to do is week to week, we're going to tell you the music that we would walk out to for our big matches. Um, so you guys can take this. Maybe before you go in for an interview, ask for a raise, listen to one of our walkout songs. You'll go in there pumped up. Pretty much. Guaranteed to probably get fired or not the job, but whatever. Uh, you'll feel good doing it. So I'm going to start it off. Fall is in the air. We live in Southern California, so it's a blissful 78 degrees. But, you know, it's chilly in the morning. So I'm coming out to The Misfits Halloween um, and at this point, my costume is going to be a Cobra Kai skeleton outfit, and I'm pretty sure I'd blow the roof off the building. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mine would be is by a band called Demu Borgir. It's called Puritania. And just because when I, when I wrestled, and even if I still did, I would be a heel. And this one matches my personality. I'd probably be wearing all black as usual with probably some kind of leather duster or jacket and come out to that, hopefully to a smattering amount of booze. And I'd be ripping signs up and just walking out there. And especially if you have a big uh, promotion or job interview, listen to that one and that will get you fired up. Yes, or fired. Fired, probably. One of the two. One of the two. Most likely the second. Yeah, yeah. But I think that, like, that's a great, you know, I can see that. Leather duster. Yeah. I like it. I mean, it's almost bordering on American Badass, but you're not not riding a hog. I'm not riding a hog, and I'm not coming out to Limp Bizkit, so... That's an interesting thing. Even though that was kind of Week number two, done. Bobby B may be coming out to Limp Bizkit. We're going to see. <laughs> doubtful, doubtful. But um, the way we always like to end it is to give everybody a little bit of knowledge. I like to get some knowledge myself. So we do a segment called Inside the Ring with Xander Hobbs. Um, we're going to break down some facets, some segment of pro wrestling. It's uh, an incredibly nuanced um, sport or uh, entertainment, whatever you whatever may want to call, call it. So, because it's so timely, because in literally an hour and a half, uh, the first Friday Night Smackdown on Fox is going to go off. Probably the best match of the night is going to be the Four Horsewomen Civil War. But who the fuck are the Four Horsewomen? So, the Four Horsewomen, as I've been talking about, they consist of Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and Bayley. And the reason why they're pretty important to all this is because they kind of put the death knell into the Divas era. They, you know, the, before that you had the Bellas, Kelly Kelly, and it was just like two minute matches, a lot of like bullshit, a lot of just models wanting to use it as a stepping stone to go into other things. And the horsewomen were like. The Divas was a step back. Yeah. Like, I mean, we saw that. Like, we Trish What Stratus came after the Trish Stratus Lita like, era. Yeah. yeah, and they could, like, 
it was it's a it was a weird downturn as far as wrestling goes. Yeah. As far as making money, I guess WWE may feel differently. Right. But the horsewomen were actually they're all wrestlers. Obviously Charlotte Flair, you know, is Ric Flair's daughter. You have Bailey who wrestled in the Indies, Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. And the thing is they all wrestled each other in NXT and just put on these stellar matches. And so when they came and they're all as they were wrestling, this buzz was just coming up. It's like, oh, did you see the 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 Sasha Banks uh, Becky Lynch match for the NXT title? Did you see this match? Did you see the the uh, false count or the um the Iron Woman match with uh, Bailey and uh, Sasha Banks. And it was just creating this buzz. It was the main event of TakeOver. And what was cool about it is like when they came up to the main roster, they had all this hype on them. And then they proceeded to put matches out there on the main roster as well, which came, which came into this quote, I hate using this women's revolution that WWE decided to put their stamp on. Stumbled on. Yeah, they stumbled on it. They caught lightning in a bottle with these four. And it's just like, we have Becky Lynch that's holding, you know, the Raw title now. And you have uh, Bailey that's the SmackDown one. And it's funny because Becky Lynch wasn't the one that was really looked at. She was kind of one that was kind of pushed to the side. And when she got all this hype, when she turned on Charlotte and the crowd was just backing her up, it, it put more dynamic onto her character. And then with Bailey and her being that underneath uh, baby face, she could have been like the John Cena of the women's division, but they kind of like botched her call up there. And the thing is what they're doing cool right now is like they're giving her another layer to her character. And then with Sasha Banks, of course, her being the boss and be coming off this, it's just four different women and four Four women that have that are actually wrestlers and that have a respect for their craft and they're using it to be pro wrestlers and not to do something else which is why they are called the horsewomen because they just have this tight-knit bond not on the screen but off the screen more and they're just bringing wrestling back to where, where it really wasn't even because they're well, th- th- yeah they're pushing the envelope yeah of women wrestlers because like, they're kind of they're almost they're right there with the guys some better than some of the guys yeah and it's and especially it's because they're not on an indie production no right? like Tessa Blanchard gets to shine because she wrestles for Impact right she would not be able to do the things she does not in WWE no not right? not at all and so what these women have done and I I would have to say. Part of probably part of the name stems from because of Charlotte Flair, yeah, right. Because obviously, right. Flair for Horseman, da 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 da. Um, part of it also is they were that good. They like, were. They, they were, were that, that good. Like I looked when they were on NXT, I would look forward to their matches the most. And this is an NXT that was packed with Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode. You know what I mean? All not the good, all the, when they were, were stealing all the good indie guys right. because there was no AEW. And the thing is, like, was. not saying that I wasn't looking forward to their matches, but I was always looking forward to, like, Charlotte and Sasha and Becky and Bailey. Like, those, those have been my favorites watching for the, for a long time now and I think they're they're getting the shine that they deserve and hopefully it's just more to come for all four of them because I have the utmost respect as much as I like to pl- poke fun at Charlotte Flair I do have the utmost respect for her because she is a great talent in the ring and they're all just going to get keep getting better yeah exactly and I think the more you legitimize and the more they legitimize people like Banks and Lynch, the more Charlotte Flair's character can have a few more layers on her. Right, like, right. That was, was so cool. Like you said uh, the other week, it's like she smirked and laughed when she got yeah she got Charlotte Flared by Bailey exactly. When she pulled the turnbuckle, and that was and that was great. And it's just like we're giving more dynamics to these characters, which is cool. And just hopefully they do the right thing with these matches on Sunday. So and then, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We'll probably be watching it and we'll be live tweeting, so you can check us out there. Unless it's terrible, in which case we'll pretend we're not watching. Yeah, I'll probably just watch football and the Dallas Cowboys blow it again. Well, I mean. <sighs> 
Oh, that yeah. was a, what an embarrassment. At least they didn't lose to Miami. Well, they lost to a team that couldn't even score a touchdown. So what does that tell you? I don't know. I mean, uh, it's so I'm still hot about you that. You said week five. Week five is when we start. That's when we start freaking yeah. out. But uh, football is a real thing. So, but. but yeah, that's pretty much what we have for you today. Yeah. So uh, you guys all have a good weekend. Watch SmackDown. We're going to be dropping this on Monday. And so we'll be back to you with the same bad time, same bad channel. Yours truly, Xander Hobbs. Ours truly, this life, Bobby B. Go. Thank you.